friends, we are going to wrap up our series on identity. The other day, Michelle was going through scrapbooking stuff. She had it spread out all over the house. Are, is there any, are there any scrapbookers here? So, no, hey, be proud, scrapbookers. Show everybody your scrapbooks. Let's be go. Honest. Let's go. All right, so you, have you guys ever had like a full-on scrapbook, let's just get it on session? Well, what happens to the house? Blown up. Everything's everywhere. Well, that was Michelle. Although she was trying to organize her things, so she was trying to take this chaos and get it a little together. Well, as she was going through all the scrapbooking stuff, she uncovered one of my businesses. And it reminded me, I was like, I'm going to keep setting an education. So one of the jobs I had after I was an Army officer was I was a banker. And so the car that she found was Lane T. Young, Assistant Vice President, Commercial Lender, Old National Bank. Had that car. So that was my job. I was a commercial lender. Who knows what that means? Anybody? That means when somebody needs money, a business needs money, they would come into my office and tell me why they needed it. If it was under, let's say, $50,000, I could make the decision right there. But if it was over $50,000, I had to go to committee. So sometimes I had people asking for $10 million. And so I had to do a lot of research on that. Go to the committee. I, I wore my jacket tonight to kind of let you see a little bit of the way I looked at the banker, although I had a tie. It was a suit. It was looking sharp. I do say so myself. <laughs> Michelle, was I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that? Oh, So I would go to the committee. I would present it. Well, oftentimes, people like, for that amount of money, that's usually a building project. So people would build different things. Well, one of my customers was a construction company that did home building. But they needed a lot of money to build lots of homes at one time. Well, part of the job as a commercial lender was to actually go on the construction site and just approve, like, look at what's going on. They would say, we need $20,000. And I would need, they need to show me why they needed the $20,000. So I would go out there on the site and I would check it out. Well, one time, I remember they were building a house and they were about, Halfway through the house, and they had to stop. Because the foundation that they had laid was not any good. They already had walls up. They already had interior walls up. They already had the roof on. They were about to get into the finish. They had to tear it all. They and they did that. Because the foundation on which they were building was not was not going to hold the house. It was a costly mistake. I want to talk about that tonight. Foundation. And if we don't get our foundation right, it can be a costly mistake. Jesus knew this. So Jesus was sharing this. In fact, it's Matthew 7. I'm going to read this, but you know what? You guys know this. You guys know in song what I'm about to talk about. Should we, should we do it together? Can someone start for me? Where does Jesus talk about a foundation? Who remembers? On a rock. Uh, uh, My man built his house upon the rock. Hey! 
so wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came a-tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came Everybody! The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up, and the house on the rock stood firm. Right, we'll stop there. We could go all the way and smash that house like my poor customer had. But you guys get the point. Foundations are important. Jesus finishes his first teaching. He starts his ministry right at the beginning of Matthew. He is tempted. He's baptized. He's tempted. And he comes and gives a sermon on that. And basically what he is telling the people is that they have been building their foundation on sand. And that if they want to build on a, on a foundation that will last, they need to listen to his words. They need to build their foundation on his word. And he talks all about that in the Beatitudes. It's all this new way of thinking about the kingdom. They had thought a certain way and started building their lives and the way they lived their lives on something that if the storms came, Jesus knew how important it was to get your foundation right. You know, we are building our lives. You guys are at the start of it. I know it seems like a long way off of these guys, but the start of building your lives. And I want us to think about what foundation are we building? Are we building on one that's going to last? Or are we building on one that when the storms of life come, our house is going to go down? It's why we did this series on identity. It's foundational. Understanding who you are is the foundation on which you're going to then start to build your life. So we needed to do this in the beginning, and that's why we started it. So John Mark kicked us off, and he really, he talked about idolatry of identity, but you know what he was talking about? He was talking about building on sin. He was talking about things like success and, and performance and wealth and popularity. And how, and he was even talking about things, abilities, some of which are good, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But they're sand if the focus is on those. They aren't going to last. And so I talked about, well, if that's not a foundation to build on, what should we build on? So we went back to the very beginning. Went back to Genesis. We talked about the fact that actually God has created us in his image. Don't you think he has something to say about how he made you? How he wants you to live your life? How you are his image bearer, made to be in a relationship with him. Now, unfortunately, I had to end that night on a sad note. And that is the note of Satan. Coming in and deceiving Adam and Eve that they don't need to build on the foundation of God. That they can build on their own foundation. So Ellen rescues the day last week when she talked about what Christ has done in his work on the cross, how that has restored us 
restored us to who we are in God, who we are in Christ, back to that original relationship. Now, I wish that I would have understood that when I was your age. Can, can you tell? Let's, let's turn that down. There it goes. Who is that guy? That would be me as a freshman in high school. Those of you who have braces on, can you notice that kind of a smile? That's a braces smile. That's, I don't want anybody to know that I have braces on right now. I look scared of one. Who's, who has seen Adam's family? Who, do you guys know the old Adam's family? Is that not Lurch? <laughs> <laughs> so, that is this guy. Who was he? Well, I'll tell you who he was. He's a lot like you guys. Um, when I was young, I grew up in the church. I went to Sunday school. I went to the Res Kids of my church. My mom became a believer when I was five years old, and we were in church every day from that point. So I, every Sunday. Yeah, we were quite that. I mean, there are people who do church every day. We were quite that crazy. But every Sunday we were there. And you know what? I learned all stories. When I was seven years old, I knew that I was a sinner. And I knew I needed Jesus. And so I said, Jesus, be my Savior. And from that point on, I wanted to learn about Jesus. And I did. I knew all the information about Jesus. But the thing was, as a, as a child, there's a certain way that you think. And then all of a sudden, adolescence hit. And when adolescence came, all of a sudden, I started to like think, well, who am I? And I wish, at that point, that I would have thought about the fact that God made certain way, and I would have built, started to build this identity of who I am on the fact that he made me a certain way, and I would develop it, but I didn't. Instead of focusing on God who made me and gave me gifts, I focused on me and the gifts that he gave me. I thought, all right, I'll find my identity in the things that I can do. Well, I know you wouldn't believe this, but I was an okay-looking guy. <laughs> I was a pretty good athlete. I was also pretty smart. So I decided, and those, you know what, those are all, and, and here's the other thing, I, was, I actually was pretty smart. Three things that are all good things. All gifts from God. But I didn't see them as I saw them as who I was, and I was going to build on that so that others would think of me as that person. I wanted to please others. I wanted them to think highly of me. What Satan did to Adam and Eve in the garden, did he? Instead of me thinking on the fact that I need God, and that it's actually a good thing, he got me to focus on myself. I'll be my own. These gifts that you have, they're yours. That's who you are. You, they're you. 
Get out there and be somebody. Show everybody who you are. And so that's that was my focus. Now, for a while, that actually worked okay for me. My faith was still important to me, but it was kind of a set of guidelines on how to live your life. Not what not to do, what you should do. So it kind of, my faith and the fact that I was an athlete and I didn't want to miss sports kept me from being a party So, it, it kind of worked for me. It was a foundation that worked okay. Because in order to play sports, I had to have good grades. Couldn't drink, couldn't do those things. So I wanted to be that good athlete and that nice guy that everybody likes. And so that worked for me in high school. But towards the end of my high school, my second semester, my senior year, I started hanging out with a different group of friends from a much larger school. I went to a small school. And I started seeing in them some things. And again, remember, I wanted people to like me. So this new group, I wanted them to like me. And they were athletes, but they kind of partied a little bit. So towards the end of my senior year, although I didn't engage in it much, I started seeing another way of doing things. And here's the main point that I want to make. My identity was not in something that I could stand for. So that sand of being that good guy, that athlete, that worked fine. I could stand on that in high school. But then I got to college. And I didn't do sports anymore. So it didn't matter if I party. It didn't matter if I did those things. And so guess what? I did. So all of a sudden, that sand that I thought would work for me and keep my life okay got washed away. And I was left without an identity. And the only thing I knew was to try to be popular. And so I dove head long, head first, into partying. And I was pretty good at that. Not really something to be proud of. And not anything to find your identity in. That was a costly lesson for me. I wasted my college education. I didn't do anything about developing the gifts God gave me, discovering those things and starting to grow into who that person could be. None of that. So it cost my parents a lot of money. So it was costing financially. I didn't get anywhere. So it cost me time. But those decisions I made also had consequences. Hurt friendships, mistreated people scars that I had to bear. So there was a human cost involved as well. All because this kid who sits out there like you guys, who knew the answers, who had heard all the stories about Jesus, when he became your age in a time of identity, which is what is happening, you read all the experts, adolescence is all about identity. There's lots of things you're doing, but all the time in your head is this question, who am I? Who do other people think I am? We're wrestling with it all the time. I needed that foundation that wasn't going to get shaken. I didn't have it. I don't know where you are in this time of your identity. 
Some of you are at a, where you're just kind of starting. Those of you at junior high, you're just kind of starting to think about that. Some of you that are in senior high have been thinking about it for a while. I mentioned earlier one of the other jobs that I had was an army officer. There's one thing about being an army officer. You know your enemy. You know the path. Friends, we have an enemy. He struck at the very first humans and he's been doing it ever since. And the main thing he tries to do is to, to deceive us that building on God's foundation, on, on the fact that God really made you and loves you, that isn't true. It's all about the enemy. It's all about you becoming who you think you should become. And he'll do it in lots of sneaky ways. The way he got me were all good things. They were, they were actually who God made me to be. But he deceived me. And I don't want that to happen to you guys. So tonight we're going to take a little time. Um, we're going to spread out. We're not going to have discussion groups tonight. But we're going to spread out in this room. Marissa's going to have music playing. Sarah's going to pass something out. And I want you guys to, to read through this. You can if you want. It's a guide. It's different questions about where are you building your identity. Some of you, if you just want to have this time with the Lord, going, Lord, where am I doing this? You don't have to follow all the questions. I would like for you to put your name on these stuff. Because afterwards, we're going to come up and we're going to lay them uh, right here in a basket by the door. Um, in fact, I might even move the cross if it doesn't mess up too much of the sound. And actually put the cross there and we'll put the basket there. Um, listen, guys, this is not a test. There's no right or wrong answer here. So this is something for you guys to think about. And it's to help you think about your identity.